I'm going to be careful with these stairs. I'm like the two drunks going down the railroad. And one of them said, mankind, these slow handrails is about to kill me. <laughs> and the other one said, the low handrails doesn't bother me near as bad as these long stairs. <laughs> stairs. What a great day we had today. Wow. Thank you, Brother Mike, for that wonderful sermon. Couldn't, you couldn't beat that with a stick. And if you missed today, you missed a blessing from our brother. It is a joy, and I have no idea uh, why I'm up here other than every time I get up here, there is a, um, something comes over me. It's right here. I pray tonight that I would come to you in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. Not in man's wisdom but in the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Did you know that most of America tonight is not in church? And many of them have convinced themselves that they are all right with God. We talk to people all the time, us preachers, all those preachers, brother, tearing all them, these... And they say, I think I'm all right. I want to speak to us tonight on self-diagnosis. Spiritual self-diagnosis. And many people tell you, well, my wife goes to church. I witnessed two game wardens one time in North Alabama. And one of them ran after they checked me out. I said, I'm going to check you boys out. And one of them stood there and took it. And I said, do you belong to the Lord Jesus? Has your heart been changed by his wonderful grace? He said, well, my wife goes to church. I said, if I had a Tennessee license only, would you accept that as a reasonable answer? No. I said, I do not accept, sir, your reasonable answer. Your wife has nothing to do with it. One must come to God for himself. I was visiting with my doctor lately to see how he was, and he <laughs> asked me, he asked me, well, how are you doing? I said, I think I'm doing pretty good, and all you need to do is give me a B12 shot, and I'm out of here. He said, that's a dangerous precedent, preacher, self-diagnosing yourself. And I said, well, who's your doctor? And he said, well, I give myself shots and things. And I said, Okay. If you have, uh, someone said, if you are your own lawyer, you have a fool for a lawyer. And I said, sir, does that go for doctors too? How many times people look at themselves in the light of their own morality rather than their depravity? And how many times people look at themselves in the light of others rather than in the light of the Bible, the Word of God, and God's grace? When we drop the plumb line of the Word of God on all of us, it has to be measured up to. And we can't, if you build a building out there, gentlemen, you that are builders, and you ignore the plumb line and argue with the level and the square, guess what you're going to have? The leaning tower of Pisa. 
that will come falling down if you huff and puff. So it is with our spiritual lives. How did you reach your conclusion tonight about your self-diagnosis of your spiritual condition? If you're a non-believer and if you are a believer, how did you reach that conclusion? All of us must come by the word of God. We're living in the grace dispensation or space of time. But the law, many comes to the law, even today, to justify. Well, I keep the Ten Commandments. Well, that's great. God wrote them. And they, fellow says, they kiver a whole lot. But you know, Ten Commandments is not a precedent for salvation. And many practice Old Testament laws, dietary laws. They only eat fish on Friday. I eat fish every Friday. Every day of the week. If it swims, I eat it. And so, we come to the point of doctor shopping. Sometimes people doctor shop. And if I don't like what one preacher says, I'll go and hear another preacher and he'll tell me that my self-diagnosis is all right. It's on the money. I like that preacher because he tells me that sin doesn't really matter, that it's a gray area, and it's only opinions, people. It is an interpretation of the Scripture. There to interpret Well, that's your opinion. Not only do they doctor shop, do they church shop. Well, I go to a church where that was feel good and, and that happy, clappy music. I like lively music. But I want to tell you something. If it gets to that foot before it gets to your heart, there's something wrong with it. It must come out of our inner man, the joy of the Lord. You can dance around all you want to. You can jump as high as you want to, but you better land right when you hit the ground. People are going to doctor after doctor to tell them that there is a remedy for their ill and for their ailment. So do people do that spiritually. They church shop, they preacher shop. Someone to tell them they're all right. The Bible in John... In John chapter 5, if you have a copy of the scripture, John chapter 5. Before you turn there, turn to Luke 18 and verse 9. Luke 18, 9. And he spake this parable and certain who trusted in themselves self-diagnosed, that they were religious and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. He self-diagnosed himself. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes to all of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up as much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. 
And I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, just as though he had never sinned. Rather than of the other, for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased or put down, and he that humbleth himself shall be exhausted. The scripture goes on. Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. Matthew 5, verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not to come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily, or the word there is truly, for truly I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot, one tittle shall not in no wise pass from the law till it all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments shall teach and teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus knew the law and Jesus practiced Judaism. He went to the synagogue. That's where they found him when they lost him. There's a sermon by two great preachers that I thought interesting that I'll bring you some comments from. Estes Perkel, a great intrepid personality out of the preaching history of, of uh, camp meetings. Estes Perkel, back we used to go down to camp meeting Myrtle, Mississippi. If you ever heard Estes Perkel preach, uh, if you had any hair, it would come out. I mean, he was just a great firebrand of a preacher. And then the great Lester Roloff, who preached out of the coast of Del Rio, Texas, and down in that area. These men honed upon this sermon that I'm bringing to you tonight. Lester used to sing a song, a beautiful old song. We all know it. One sat alone by the highway begging. His blinded eyes he could not see. He clutched his rags and shuddered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and bade his darkness flee. When Jesus comes, the power of sin is broken. When Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills a life with glory. For all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. Oh, I didn't mean to get into that. And so these two great men have honed upon this sermon that I bring to you tonight. Dr. Vance Habner asked one time, Dr. Habner, can I use some of your material? He said, well, son, sure, sure, son. He said, I know of no original material other than what the Holy Spirit has given us. It is about a man who went to a doctor and he began to complain to the doctor about his ailment. 
And the doctor's name was Dr. Law. The law was given in one dispensation, the prophets and the law to Moses. And in this dispensation or space of time, grace, we are in the church age, the grace dispensation of time. The law was a schoolmaster to the new. It shined light like looking in a mirror. It only reflects what soap and water can do to us. After we bathed and decorated ourselves, that's what I do is decorate. Look into that mirror and all that's there, all the image that's there is all that soap and water can do. But when we're viewed in the image of God, in the, in the eyes of God, we appear very different. He sees even to the marrow of the bone, into the deepest recesses of our heart. He marches down the corridors of our heart and opens those doors and sees deeply into our life. We are triune. We are mind and we are body and we are spiritos. We are spirit. And God sees through it all and helps us to see through his word that all. This young man, he went to the doctor, Dr. Law. And he said, Dr. Law, I think it is, uh, I think it's my feet because they're swift. They're swift to shed innocent blood and they take me places. They take me places I shouldn't go. They, they take me down to the salty dog and, and they take me down to places that I shouldn't go. Doctor, I think it's my feet. My feet want to shed innocent blood. Take me wrong places. And his argument continues in his self-diagnosis of his condition. He goes on to the next doctor. He doctor shops. He said, doctor, it is mine. It is my mind. If I had my mind healed, it is here is my problem is my mind. And there are psychiatrists and psychologists and they are wonderful people and they do great work. But it's bigger than a mind thing. The Bible says that it's a heart thing. Dr. Law says it's not your mind, son. It's something else. He goes on to another doctor and he says, doctor, it's my tongue James says it's set on fire of hell and cannot be tamed. It's my tongue, Doc. No, it's something else. You heard about the woman who came in invitation, Brother Mike, and she said, I've been talking about you, Brother Rob, and you preachers, and I won't lay my tongue on the altar. Brother Mike says, sorry, I, we can't do that, dear. She says, why not? I can't lay my tongue on the altar. Brother Mike says, it's only 40 foot long and your tongue's longer than that. <laughs> that will be funny later. So it wasn't his tongues. You need to go somewhere else. He says, doctor, it's my hands. I love to gamble and I love to do wrong things. I love to hurt people with my hands. No, it's not your hands. It's another problem. It goes on to another doctor. It's my eyes. 
I lust with my eyes. It's my eyes. It's my problem. It's my eyes. He was convinced it was his eyes. The Bible says when lust is conceived through the eye, it brings forth sin and sin when it is consummated, finished, brings forth sin. David knew all about it. If he hadn't been peeping over the balcony, if he'd have been out with his soldiers where he should have been fighting the battle, come in, instead of peeping over the balcony, he got in trouble with his eyes. This young man, it wasn't his eyes. It wasn't his mind. It wasn't his feet. It wasn't his tongue. So, Dr. Law said, I've got to send you to a specialist. So he went to the specialist of religion. He went to a church that had high church music. A liberal preacher who acted piously. Who told him that just sign a card and you can become a member of this grand place. No one around here is perfect, just come on in. And they gave him a position. Probably chairman of deacons. <laughs> he felt good for a while, but all of a sudden there was something come over him. There was that sick feeling. Some of you, I know, leave this wonderful church every service with a sick feeling. You thought it was your mind. You thought it was your tongue. You thought it was your feet. You thought it was something else. And you went to a church with a lot of religion about it and it didn't work out and you got this sick feeling, this guilt that something's wrong. Thank God for conviction all over these pews. On this morning there were men, grown men, bowed over pews under deep conviction. Amen. This man had a sick feeling. He couldn't find relief. So he went to another specialist named Morality. And this specialist said, uh, you're a good man. You don't steal. You pay taxes. You're a family man. Feed your family. You work hard. You love your wife and kids. You're community-minded and as good as anybody else in the church. Uh, you have religion. And he left that specialist and he left that place Sick, still sick. Nicodemus, Jesus said, you got to be born again. You see, morality and religion will never take the place of regeneration. And it never will do away with that feeling of wrong with man and wrong with God. You see, the cross is vertical and horizontal. It gets you right with man to man, it gets you right with God and man. And so, you got to be born again. Nicodemus, you got to be born, born all over. The word there is anew. Anew. You got to have a change in your life. The word metamorphi, it is a term like from the worm to the caterpillar, from the caterpillar to the butterfly. It is a change. Some of us love to mess with butterflies. 
those monarch butterflies, they take their little trip down to South America, come on back. But they were a little woolly worm where you've been climbing an apple tree as a kid and run up on them little woolly worms. Well, that's a monarch butterfly. And our change, our change in our life is from the worm that we were outside of Christ and we have been faithed into the kingdom of God and by the grace of God it's come to us and we're now a beautiful butterfly. We're a testimony to the change. He could not relax. He went to another specialist. He went to one after the other to the specialist of good works. Just do enough good works and do things and it will be okay. There are thousands upon thousands of people meeting tonight in different places that will tell you you do enough good works will outweigh your bad works and you'll be all right one day when you get to heaven. You don't know now, but when you get to heaven, there'll they'll, they'll be a weight exchange and if you good ones outweigh your bad ones, you're okay. If you don't, so long, Doc. You see... Men try everything. They try philosophy, Norman Vincent Peale knockoffs. Well, now, Larry, Larry, Larry asked Joel, is Jesus the only way to heaven? Well, now, Larry, there are a lot of now, now, Larry, Larry. And Jerry Farwell was asked, he said, you betcha. Larry King, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And I went, whoopee, get him, Jerry. <laughs> Philosophy. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. He went to the specialist of philosophy and just get up yourself and reform. Uh, reformation is good. Reforming is good. But regeneration is the only thing that will last. And so, the specialists of reformation, you can go to all of the organizations, and many of them are good, and I hesitate to mention them tonight. Some of them just say, I can teach you more than the church can. I had a young man came just born again, and he said, my organization I joined said they could teach me more than the church could. I said, well, you ask this dear deluded soul, can he teach you more than the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit? He shall lead you to all truth. He tried reformation. That didn't work in advice of others. And the law, like a schoolmaster, teaches but now the law, Dr. Law says, I think it's your heart, and there is only one specialist I know. His name is Dr. Grace. Amen. And he recommended Dr. Grace to him. He's in there in the same office with Dr. Pardon and Dr. Joy and Dr. Forgiveness and Dr. Peace. They're all a group there. So he goes to see this wonderful Dr. Grace. Like the woman with the issue of blood, her efforts had not healed her. 
Now this man in this story, this, this allegory is that he cannot find peace anywhere. But now he's recommended to Dr. Grace. And Dr. Grace said, son, it's your heart. All along it was your heart. You see, you tried all of these others. You tried to blame it on all of your faculties, your tongue, your mind, whatever, your feet. You went to all of these doctors. You doctor shopped. And you even diagnosed yourself like the story in the Bible. I thank thee that I'm not like that man. But now it's your heart. And you're going to require an immediate operation. And the guy says, you mean now? And he said, yes, the quickest we can do it. The quicker, the better today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Today, we're going to operate on your heart. So Dr. Grace, with the assistance of Dr. Love and Dr. Mercy and Dr. Peace and Dr. Joy, go into the operating room, and here's what they do. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 a new heart also will I give you. Amen. And a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. So they operate. And they hook him up to the blood of Jesus. The infusion of the blood of Jesus. You see... This young man asked the doctor before, can I bring my wife? He said, no, it's personal. You gotta, everyone got to have a heart operation, has to go through it themselves. Amen. The man asked, okay, right now, let's do it. Amen. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out, the Bible says. The surgery goes fine. The blood of Jesus is applied. The surgery is over. The patient feels like new. And here he is with a new heart, a new transplant. And the specialist begins his instructions. The patient ascertains, what do I need to do now, doc? All of us, you know, after we go through some kind of surgery, well, can I eat biscuit and gravy? You know, can I eat ham grease? No. Can I have pasteboard if I if you don't put nothing on it? You can eat pasteboard. The specialist replies to this man. Listen. You need to exercise. Run the race that's before you. Amen. There's a race to run. You have a new heart. Amen. You've been operated on by the team of heaven, Dr. Mercy and Dr. Grace and Dr. Love and Dr. Peace. Don't waste it. Run the race. Walk a lot. Walk in the spirit. Walk with Jesus. Enoch one day was walking with God and he just went home with him. You never know when you're walking with God when that's going to happen, by the way. 
Walk in the Spirit. Read the Word of God. Exercise your eyes. It helps your heart. And lastly, he says to him very soberly, Dr. Grace says, make sure you're worth saving. How much you owe you, Doc? Make sure you're worth saving. You don't owe anything. It was bought one day on Calvary's cross. The blood of Jesus paid it all. The song, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. It was paid for long ago. The old account was settled long ago, long ago. You don't owe anything. Somebody's already paid for it. His name is Jesus. 2,000 years ago. In closing, have you let the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight as I have and diagnosing your spiritual walk as a believer? Well, I think I'm pretty good. I tithe and I think I'm pretty good. I come and even though I don't want to come, I come, I come to church and say hi to everybody. Or as an unbeliever, do you come, do you think it's safety in this bunch of, bunch of believers? Do you think that Jesus came just like that in the twinkling of an eye? It's quicker than that, by the way. That there's safety in, in, in the group of believers? No, there's no safety. If you don't get on the ark, the waters, the high water gets you. Dr. Law says, I did all I could do in this dispensation. I can only diagnose and refer you to the law. I just got to refer you on to this next dispensation space of time to Dr. Grace. He knows a lot of specialty specialists, Dr. Mercy and Dr. Love. Dr. Peace. And he can take care of you. You got to go to the right doctor. Don't go to those who philosophize. Who tell you you're all right. I'm okay, you're okay. Have you ever read that book? <laughs> I'm okay, you're okay. Happy clappies. You need to go where someone will tell you the word of God. And tell you what God says about sinners. And about saints who don't saint. There was a Chinese missionary in closing. I hear your sighs of relief. <sighs> a Chinese missionary was witnessing to another missionary, to another lost Chinese. And he said, would you like to be a believer in Jesus Christ? Would you like to... Be born again, find peace and joy. And the other, the unsaved Chinese said, yes, I would. But all the Christians I know is too much talky, 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 and not enough walky, walky, walky. Too much talk, not enough walk. I recommend Jesus to you tonight. He'll never disappoint you. Never, ever. He has the remedy. 
He is the balm in Gideon. He'll remedy anything that's wrong. He'll save you from the guttermost to the uttermost. Go to Dr. Grace. He'll refer you to the right specialist and the head of the firm, Jesus, who will bring about the great physician. Now is here, the song says, the sympathizing Jesus. Do you need a doctor tonight, spiritually? Have you diagnosed yourself as all right? Well, maybe not according to the Word of God. Not according to me, but to the Word of God. But the mic's coming, and we're going to sing as our invitation hymn. Whatever your need tonight to join this church, by the way, we receive members, to come and rededicate your life, to come and receive Christ as your personal Savior, to come and confess that you've been stealing from God and not tithing. Whatever your need is tonight, I have no idea. But you come. Get rid of that heaviness that that man felt. Fulfill that life. You can get that taken away. You can get all your guilt and all your wrong taken away tonight. Yeah. Jesus will do it. Yeah. Religion won't. Reformation won't. Jesus will do it.